are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. Today, uh, we are going to pretend to be in a good mood after what was a terrible, terrible loss to Washington State. We're going to highlight some things that they did do well. In, in every game, you can at least point to some positive things. Uh, but then the, the the vast majority of this podcast is just going to be really just ugly things that happened, not just the first half, but throughout the entire game. Uh, we talked about the Sun Devils potentially like making a run at Pac-12 South, whether that was running the table or losing a game, and they've already lost the game. I mean, we are at DEFCON 1 at this point. But on a lighter note, remember to always follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios and find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. Follow our Twitter page as well. That's at LO underscore Sun Devils. And then remember to subscribe and get all of our content Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. That could be Google, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or Odyssey as well. Richie, I, I already know the answer to this question, but how are you doing? Not great, Bob. Not great. I think the worst part of that loss is me and you were both in live attendance for it. Yeah, we, we paid good hard-earned money for that, and the question wasn't so much... I, I am not going to discredit this team. Uh, as far as Washington State goes, they earned that win, and, and they took care of business, and it didn't. It just a lot. Depending on who you asked, it was more about how much do you think ASU is going to win by. Not that they couldn't lose to Washington State, but if you would have told me that is how they were going to lose, I probably would have laughed at you. I, I really didn't think that's how the game was going to go. My my personal opinion: if the Sun Devils were to lose, it would have been in a back and forth shootout uh, because I didn't think our offense would not be able to put up points against that defense, and our defense for whatever reason was just faltering, and that was it could not be further from the truth. Yeah, I mean, it just it it was one of those games where. We knew what we needed to do to win the game, and we had a very good idea that, or, or not an idea, we had, we had a very good sense that, come, especially coming off a of bye week, that you would have patched up the issues that you had in the second half against Utah, and just come out more prepared and executed. That, that's the biggest problem here, is they did not execute their game plan, whatever that might have been, because the product that they put out was terrible, and... I'm not somebody, I, I don't like to say uh, that my team embarrassed me today, but I was absolutely embarrassed watching that game and, and saying that that's my, that's my football team. Not my school, because I'll bleed maroon and gold till the day I die. I love that school. But to watch that team the way they played, I was embarrassed. The way I deal with it is a lot of times people say, hey, like, were you at that ASU game or did you watch the ASU game? And I just say... Wouldn't call it much of a game. Two teams have to show up in order for a game to happen, and only Washington State showed up that day. But let's let's at least highlight some good that did happen on the football field. It's not like we got shut out the entire game, not that our defense didn't play well at, at specific times, but I think we can agree that Ricky Pearsall, uh, while this was not like the best game of the season for him, just incredibly involved, right? 11 targets, 9 receptions for 83 yards. Uh, was definitely just the go-to guy. Uh, there were several plays, I think, at least... I, Two that I can remember where he made a move, uh, stopped on a dime, and was like a, ooh, like very audible, like, wow, I can't believe I just saw that. We were we were sitting in the nosebleeds, and I could see that from here. Like, I, I saw him shatter ankles 
yeah, on several plays. So Ricky Pearsall has become very much a, a go-to guy, very reliable. Uh, but at the same time, we needed a heck of a lot more than him to get back in this game. Yeah, and it's just it, it's it's a good sight to see that Pearsall continues to be the week to week go to target, and that the the team definitely believes in him to be the number one receiver, which he has proven he's capable of. This week, they relied on him heavily to be their chain mover, and I, I mean he showed out. So ca- catching nine of the eleven targets that he was given is huge. And he was he, he was easily like the biggest bright spot on an offense that really didn't do much. But also want to highlight that defense. Uh, well, really quick, you, you say we didn't do much, but at the same time, you know we only lost by like 13 points, right? Sir, <laughs> did you watch the same game I watched? Because I'm pretty sure you were right next to me the whole time. I think we were leaving like right as uh, I think Trent Borgay threw that touchdown pass to Andre Johnson. Like, I, I mean, literally like over... Basically, two-thirds of their points came in, in total garbage time. Um, Jaden did throw this, or he was at least in the field for the second touchdown, right? I believe. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but even then, even then, I don't know how many starters were out for Washington State because they really didn't need them at that point. So at, at that at that point, the defense was playing incredibly soft, too little, too late. So Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, we were down 28 nothing at one point, and then we outscored them 21-6 to six to end the game, so, I mean... Who's the real winner? Exactly. Take that, Wazoo. ASU definitely covered the second half spread, potentially, I don't know, but there are definitely some players to highlight in the defense, even even as a whole. There's a, a couple plays, obviously, I think the defense would have loved back. Uh, I think it was the third touchdown score, third or fourth one that put them up 21 or 28 nothing. Um whoever it was that was totally lapsed in coverage and wide open. I believe that was Calvin Jackson. Wide open touchdown. And just no no kind of rhyme or reason for it. The first couple scores in the game, the defense was really put in a bad situation and kind of came up with a couple stops as well. Um, I, I don't pin it too much on the defense. Could they have played better? Sure. But I, I look so much more on the offense and all the turnovers they gave Washington State that put the defense in a bad situation much more often than not. Yeah, I mean, when you consider the fact that the defense was out there for an extra five possessions because of the offense, and they still only gave up 34 points, I mean, that's that's a huge testament in itself. I mean, obviously, 34 points looks like a lot, but if you weren't watching that game and you were just looking at the box score and you said, wow, such a good defense gave up 34 points, no, 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 no. They were left on short fields. They were left in bad situations. They had a crucial fourth down stop towards the beginning of the game, I'm pretty sure. And over, I, they still got one pick, right? Yeah, that was a, a deflected. So I think. Oh, you know what? Robertson it, came up with it. I think. Yes, it was like a failed screen pass or something. It, Darian Butler was there, and then Robertson, I think, caught it off the deflection, if I remember correctly. Yes, it, it bobbled off of like Borgie or something like that. But those were the bright sides, Connor. There is a lot of negative, though. How much time do we have? 23 minutes. Okay, well, we're going to fill uh, the majority of this podcast at least with uh, a lot of what went wrong for the Sun Devils. Very disappointing coming off, like Richie mentioned earlier, a bye week, so you had time to prepare, and that was the best they could come up with. More coming next. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. All right, college football fanatics, have you guys heard of Price Picks yet? I know we've been talking about it for a while, but let me tell you that it's daily fantasy made easy. I absolutely love it. I know you guys are going to love it, too. PricePix is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. With more college football props than anyone in the world, 
and offers all the star players of the Power 5 as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. PricePix offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. For all new users that deposit up to $100, use the promo code Locked On and receive a 100% instant deposit match. Again, that's up to $100, so you get up to another $100 for using the promo code Locked On when you sign up. Here's how it works. You're going to pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. PricePix also allows mixed sports entries where you can take the over on LeBron James and combine it with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the exact same entry. So use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals too, so don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com. Remember to use that promo code Locked On, or go to the App Store and download the app today. PricePix, daily fantasy made easy. We're back with our second and most depressing subject of the day as far as uh, really what went wrong for the Sun Devils, but at least thanks for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Richie, let's get into it. There were five, five turnovers in the first game. That's or, more sorry, superstars first, than the Heat have. Sorry, in, in this game. Uh, and I want to say like four of them came in the first half or something. So incredibly ridiculous amount. Uh, if you're looking at a box score, at least the first half, not even looking at the score. Total yards, I think we were about 10, 10 less than them. And time of possession was pretty equal as well. But the Washington State Cougars literally played on a field that was half the size of ours. Because of, of all the turnovers, we were just gifting to them. How do you expect to win a game like that, man? Well, and I mean, it wasn't just turnovers. They were bad turnovers. You had two fumbles lost in the first three offensive plays for you. The first drive, it was the second carry. Chip Trainum was Had a not, nice run, too. Yeah, and he wasn't protecting the ball. He had like a, he spun and then, yeah, just had the ball in one arm and got knocked out. Just unfortunate. Especially, like, that's a huge momentum killer, too. Like, a lot of these came as you were starting to drive down the field a little bit. And just right when he needed a big play, they were just there uh, to, to essentially force the turnover and scoop up the ball. Yeah, the good news with that is they were able to get the stop after that turnover. The problem is Brian uh Brian Thompson. Brian Thompson went and fumbled it on the very next offensive series for the Sun Devils. So again, two turnovers in your first three plays gave Washington State the ball both times on your side of the field and the second time around they were able to get a touchdown which was just a quick little run from the 1-yard line they drove down real good. I'm pretty sure there was a penalty in there that helped them you know what, maybe, maybe I'm just I'm thinking of something else. But yeah, Wazoo was able to get seven points early on, and it could have easily been 14, but the defense came up and made a stop. But then it just continued to get worse because Daniel Magada fumbled, and Jaden uh, Daniels threw an interception in the first half. So you had four turnovers in the first half. You were down 28-7 to seven going into halftime. And obviously that's far from ideal, not great, Bob. No. Not not great. I, I think what's the most frustrating is that you had a bye week, man. Like we we talked, we had essentially almost two weeks worth of, of podcast, so ten episodes of just like, hey, how are the Sun Devils going to like take this time off and improve and get better? They got worse. They got worse. Like I, I understand, like not every game works how you think it should. Like 
These are college kids. They are human beings. Like mistakes get made. I, I understand, especially when we're making like our, our bold predictions, when we're being a little bit silly with some of that stuff. Like even if we're wrong, I get it. But a lot of those predictions are being made because of how not only us but other experts think that the, the get like the game flow is going to go. And it, it was so incredibly flat. Um, so many mistakes, mostly on the offense. Um, obviously the defense had their own lapses, but I, I just, at this point, like, I, I'm really not sure how you recover. We we've talked kind of looking at the schedule thinking, Oh, we can beat this team and we can beat that team. I don't really know, man. I, I just don't like short of beating a, a U of A at the end of the year, just because of, of how bad they've been uh, the last like year and a half, two years. I'm not sure I can say definitively we're going to go into any game and, oh, the Sun Devils are going to win win that one for sure. 100%. And, I mean, even now with the way that the Sun Devils have been playing and the way that the Wildcats have been playing as well, I mean, you, you almost look at that game and you're like, if the, if, they, if the Wildcats had to win one game, how great would it be to take down your division rivals, your in-state rivals, and just completely embarrass them in Tempe. So don't get me wrong. I'm still very confident about that game. And I do believe that we'll win that game pretty easily. But I'm telling you right now that the thought is now sitting in the back of my mind. Because we're starting to show some major, major chinks in this armor. And I no longer feel confident about any game moving forward. We have, USC's coming to town. And despite the fact that they're the ultimate Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I still think that they could take us down. But for what it is worth, they did lose star star receiver Drake London this past weekend to a fractured ankle. So that's a big loss for their offense. But that's neither here nor there. USC is going to be a problem. Going to Washington is going to be a tough game. Going to Oregon State, I would tell you for sure that's a loss right now. And then you have U of A. Yeah. It so just, that's what you got left. For... For USC, especially kind of previewing it a little bit over the last couple weeks, when they lost Keaton Slopus and then they lost Jackson Dart, it was like, a, okay, if we got USC at that time, I'd feel really good about that game. Considering the way that both teams are trending, USC, not necessarily like, let's just say we are trending in a much worse direction than they are. And if they're starting to get a little bit healthier, even if they're losing a guy like Drake London, I really don't feel good about that game. Like, as I mentioned, it's hard to. I mentioned in, in the opener, it feels like, <laughs> Richie, uh, DefCon One's definitely like the worst DefCon, right? Um, on, honestly, I don't know. Is we it are, one or it's five. We are at the worst level of DefCon, where we knew ASU was not going to run the table. That's totally okay. We we knew that wasn't going to happen, but at the same time, you almost kind of have to at this point. You couldn't afford like the loss that early on. Uh, you really just wanted to be able to keep pace with like Utah and UCLA. Like we had. Because this game is such a week-to-week thing, like we've had visions of winning the South, and then, oh, maybe we can win the Pac-12. Maybe we'll just stick trying to win the Pac-12 South. And now it's like, that is even getting further and further out of our grasp, man. Like, as a fan, I I know you guys listening are frustrated watching, having to watch these games as well. We're just as frustrated as you are, and I'm really really not sure what the answer is at this point. Um, Herm Edwards was kind of quoted after the game saying the players are the ones that need to look in the mirror. And I don't, I don't doubt it, but it it goes through the entire team, coaching staff, players and all like, I, I, it's been, it feels like it's been forever since we've seen a complete four quarters. No, I I mean, I, I feel like you hit the nail on the head. We, we are seeing a team that is not executing. 
There's so much talent on this team, Connor. You know that. I know that. All of our listeners know that. Our Pac-12 expert, Cindy Robinson, knows that. Unfortunately. Yeah, that that's a whole other can of worms. But every, everyone on the Pacific side of the coast of the United States knows that Arizona State has a lot of talent and that they should be better than they are. But the problem is they're not. I, there's no excuses either. Like, I'm I'm ready to start the conversation that we need to look at this coaching staff. I'm ready to start the dialogue that maybe Herm Edwards and his tenure at Arizona State needs to come to an end because you got a lot of allegations that are coming up and you got a lot of drama that's going to be coming up. And if Herm survives this year, if we end up getting scholarships revoked and bowl game eligibility de- denied for us the way that we anticipate is going to happen... You have to cut ties with Herm, and it, it just that feels like a guarantee. But now you can start a dialogue that maybe he doesn't get it to a bowl game. If we even get to a bowl game, we could seriously lose out. We still need one more win. Yep, you need one more win to be bowl eligible, and even then, you're not guaranteed it. But it just it's frustrating, Connor. And I'm ready to start the dialogue. And I don't get me wrong, I am not pounding the table for it. And if he came back for another year, so be it. I, I wouldn't be upset because I don't think that Herm is the only problem with the Sun Devils right now. But he's one of them. And we need to have a serious conversation about the fact that he is one of the problems with this team right now. But Herm Edwards makes me feel so warm and fuzzy. The Herm train yeah. is derailing. Yeah, it's it's not so much that I look at him and think like he, he just needs to go. Like... At the same time, something you highlighted about all, all the allegations of potential loss of scholarships, this is, unfortunately, we're, I think we're foreshadowing for months or potential years in advance, but you have a lot of guys on defense, mostly, and several players on offense that are, are just, they're seniors, or essentially they have to leave the team because it's their fourth or fifth year, like a Chase Lucas, an example. You're going to be losing so much starting players on, on your roster. I think it's 10 of 11 players on defense. There's going to be so much turnover. You have, I think, five players who have uh, currently committed to you through 2022, and like maybe there's one four-star thrown in there. And on top of that, like there's several people who have decommitted because of everything going on. You're not winning right now. You've got these allegations hanging over your head, and you're about to have a lot of players walk out the door. Even if like a Jaden Daniels comes back for his fourth year, which we want, I'm not sure that's going to be a better year than what we're seeing right now. Nope. And I mean, seriously, off the top of my head, Here's who you're losing. You're losing Jermaine Lole, who obviously hasn't played this year, but nonetheless, you're losing him. You're losing Tyler Robinson. You're losing Tyler Johnson. You're losing Darian Butler. You're losing Chase Lucas. You're losing Jack Jones. You're looking, losing. Maybe uh, in different fields. uh, um, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I'm I'm just going with the seniors. Curtis Hodges, Rashad White, uh, um, Deesh. Oh, the left tackle. Yeah, the left tackle, our center, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, is also a senior. But you're naming star, like, in terms of at least ASU's current roster, those are a lot of star caliber Critical players. players. Critical to your success. You're losing them. And obviously, Connor, admittedly, we should be focusing on this year, we should be focusing on the upcoming week, but it's hard to. Because... They can't even... The the team's not focusing on the upcoming week. How should we be expected to do that if they can't focus on the team in front of them? They're not taking care of their business. Yeah, I I truly don't understand how you come off of a bye week after a brutal loss and you once again get embarrassed. That's the thing. It's it's how you lost. Like, 
I can handle the loss. I can handle the back-to-back losses. It's just how it's being done. You got embarrassed by Utah in the second half. Absolutely dismantled after you essentially did the same thing to them in the first half. I think dismantled is the perfect word for that. And then now this game where you... I, I don't even want to say gifted Washington State a win because obviously they had all those turnovers, but at the same time, they came to play and you didn't. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what the solution is at this point for the Sun Devils, but they're not coming to play, and I'm just I'm not sure it's going to get much better than a couple moral victories here and there. I mean, best case scenario is you find a way to be bowl eligible at this point. Right now, Connor, I think you just need to split to end the year. Go 2-2. Two and two. Just get to 7-5. Seven and seven and five. And get to the Sun Bowl because beat, it, beat it like needs a, to be the Sun Devil Bowl at this point. Beat like a Washington and U of A lose to USC and probably Oregon State. See, yeah, that that sounds like best case. Hopefully, hopefully you can win out. It's not it's not out of the realm of possibilities. You just got to right this ship. And right now, I don't have faith in them to do that. And that breaks my heart to say. If you guys think we're too low, like call us out on Twitter. Like I, this is. It's it's a week to week thing, and we don't want to be so wishy washy or like after a good win. Oh my gosh, the Sun Devils are the best thing ever. And in this case, with the loss, like the sky is falling. But it's two terrible losses back to back weeks, and you're running out of time. Like if you have a different opinion, let us know. But I'm not sure we have a better case scenario other than like the the two and two split that Richie was referring to. Yes. So and before we head to our final segment, I do I do just want to put out for the record. I am not calling for Herm Edwards' job. I know that I, I came down really hard on him just a second ago. I said we need to start a dialogue. That is not me saying Herm needs to go. Because, like, like I said, and I will emphasize this, he is far from the only problem with the Sun Devils right now. I am not calling for his job. All I'm saying is start a dialogue. I just, I just want to make sure that that's clarified for, for Herm when he's listening to this podcast. Still love you, Herm. That's essentially what we're going to be reiterating to our therapist this week after having to watch these last two games. Uh, but stick with us for the last segment. We're going to be talking about some areas that they need to improve and improve very quickly as they only have four games left to finish the season. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. We've been trying to tell you guys for weeks now, if you haven't tried Built Bar yet, it is the best tasting protein bar out there. There's not too many that have ever had a conversation with either it is friends or family about what the best protein bar is, but really like most of those conversations are, what's the most okay is protein bar? Because not all of them have everything. That's where you're wrong. That's where Built Bar comes in. If you haven't tried them now, you're just missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing flavor bars for yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are a little chalky, waxy, or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know what you're eating is something different. It's more of an experience and one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you'd even eating, you're even eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. Basically, they're healthy all around with all their benefits. And on top of that, they're just pure delicious with so many flavors to choose from. Another great thing about Built Bar is some of these, including this list of coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, or double chocolate, and many flavors changing daily as well. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 50% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're back for our third and final segment of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Just talking about some things that the Sun Devils need to do to improve. We, we can't really just sit here and say, well, they need to improve everything and end the podcast. We have to talk for at least several more minutes. But some things that we can easily highlight, 
there's been weeks, and I, I think Richie and I can kind of eat, eat the crow on this. Like, we want them to be able to pass the ball and pass it effectively. If a scenario arises where they're they're kind of going toe to toe with a team, we want them to be able to move the ball almost at will and do it through the air. That is not who this Sun Devils team is, and it just it is what it is. They need to get back to what works, and that is a power run game and a, a strong, strong defense. We've talked about how this defense really wasn't too much to blame this past week, especially with how bad of a position they were being put in. Um, it, it's just it's falling more on the offense, and because they they were scored on so quickly, they they kind of they didn't abandon the run per se, but they needed to throw the ball, and oftentimes that that cost them the turnovers, mainly with with Jaden Daniels. We were just talking, I think, before this podcast. Jaden Daniels had three interceptions coming into the season, and three he's got in sixteen games. He's got, he's got at least he's got five this five. year. He's got two games right through two, and then another game as well with one. I, I understand his sophomore season; he only played in four games, so the numbers could be a little different. But he had three, and this season he's got five. Like they've got to be able to protect the football a little bit better. There, there's five turnovers this week; only two of them were on Jaden. But at the same time, like. Jaden's got to be able to, to protect the football as well. So if he's if he's not throwing these interceptions and it's just the rest of the team, that gives your your team so much uh, a much better chance to be able to get back into that game. Well, and I think the most frustrating thing about these interceptions is they're so avoidable. One of them he just absolutely airmailed. The down. second one I think was to it was either it was Andre Johnson or Curtis Hodges down the sideline, and I thought the ball was going to get to him and he was going to be able to fight for it, which is the one I was referring to. Was yeah. he just? It was he kind of put that one up for grabs. Several yards short, and the defender was just right there waiting for it. Yep, and then the the first interception, if my memory serves, he he was rolling out of the pocket, and it looked like he was about to take off, and he just kind of dumped it, and it ended up going off the receiver's hands and right into the arms of the defender, if my memory serves. It, it was something like that. It was an interception. It was ugly nonetheless. It's just two really bad interceptions that are so easily avoidable. And it just it feels like Jaden tries to do too much sometimes where you would you would rather him just take off and get a couple of yards or you'd rather him take a sack or you'd rather him throw it out of bounds. There's times where he's just running around too much and he's trying to make the big Heisman play and that's just not who Jaden Daniels is and he needs to realize that and stop making decisions like that because it's only going to progressively make him a worse and worse quarterback. Can I paint you a picture? You can paint me a masterpiece. So we come into this game, Jaden Daniels does not feel the way we're describing. He feels like he's in full control of this game. He does not have to force the ball anywhere. Chip train and fumbles the football. Oh, okay. But the, but the defense gets to stop. Okay. Like no harm, no foul. You start trying to move the ball again. Great pass to Brian Thompson, kind of mo- mostly towards his feet, but you're about to pick up the first down. Brian Thompson fumbles. Okay. Well, now you're down seven, nothing. We got to get back into this game. Then he forces that he forces that first interception. Well, now you're down fourteen nothing. Okay, well it's only the first quarter. Like you're you're down fast, but you have plenty of time. Uh, Denny Nagata runs into his own teammate. I'm pretty sure and fumbles the football. Well, okay, I'm the quarterback. I have to get us back. I have to be the person to lead us there. It's not going to be apparently anybody else because what they're doing is just hurting this team. I obviously that's not the case every single week because he had a, two touchdowns or sorry, two interceptions against BYU. But at the same time, like I, I, I see exactly what you're talking about. He's trying to play hero ball a little bit when he does not have to. And while he was not the cause of all five turnovers this week, he obviously did us absolutely no favors trying to, to play catch up when they just needed to be able to move the ball and move it potentially more slowly than he was trying to force it. 
it just, yeah, I, I mean, I understand the picture you're painting, and I understand that it's far from... Was it a all, masterpiece? It, it, was, it was okay. It, it, it looked like a kindergarten drawing, if I'm being honest. That's, that's actually, so really quick side tangent. It, is, uh, it was just Halloween this past weekend. I was painting uh, uh, Jack from, like, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and I started to realize, like, halfway through, I was painting it from memory instead of, like, actually looking at a picture. Uh, so I started calling him Jake because it did absolutely, like, not look like it at all, but... That's that's about the extent of my artistic skills. I have none. They are all stick figures at best. Well, there you go. So you're a master of drawing stick figures at least, so props to you for that. But I, I, again, just like I'm not trying to say that this is all Herm Edwards' fault, I'm not trying to say this is all Jaden's fault, but Jaden needs to be smarter with the football. It's uncharacteristic. He had three interceptions coming into this year in 16 games, and now he's got five in eight games. This is not the Jaden Daniels that I know. This is not this is not the way Jaden Daniels has played over his first two years. It just it, it, I'm wondering who this guy is right now because it's not the quarterback that I knew. It's not the quarterback that I believed could continue to progress into an NFL prospect. Right now, he looks like a college quarterback and a very low end one at that. So there's a lot of fixing that Jaden Daniels needs to do moving forward. But again, just like with Herm. Jaden is far from the only problem with this team. And truth be told, he's far from the biggest problem of this team. There's just there there's a lot of room for improvement, and Jaden needs to figure his stuff out. If the Sun Devils can get a win against USC, I, I promise our tone's not going to be, we're going to win the Pac-12 South again. Like Everything's all good because you've had two embarrassing weeks. The timing is absolutely horrible, and you're, you're running out of time, as I mentioned before. If they need, if they pull off that win, it needs to be a okay, like absolutely one game at a time. Let's go take care of our business because more than likely they're going to need favors by Utah to be able to win the Pac-12 South this year. Shout out to Oregon and also UCLA. I hate you for losing that game last night to Utah. Hate you. It, I mean, almost, almost. I, it does not take them out of the race, but at least they didn't gain any advantage on you. Right, because you still have the tiebreaker with UCLA. So, but anyways, very ugly game, incredibly ugly, uh, very tough to sit through. And if if you're coming here like looking for a, at least like a, a brighter note, I'm sorry, it's not the Monday edition. You'll have to listen to our content later throughout the week, and maybe we can point out some more bright spots. Today uh, we're negative Nancys, we, and we're Debbie Downers. We are Debbie Downers, and I'm sure you are joining us as well. But thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios and find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. Uh, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Sun Devils. We provide a ton of great content, mostly in memes and stats. Uh, I'm sure people prefer one over the other, but we at least provide both depending on, on which flavor you like. But thanks for making us your first listen every day. Make sure to come back tomorrow. As always, we're going to adjust or at least take a look at uh, where ASU is falling in the top 25 rankings or if they're receiving votes. I'm going to just foreshadow and, and make a guess they're probably not getting any votes after this terrible loss. Uh, we can talk about what it's going to take for them to get back into that uh, status there. Uh, also looking at some more basketball content throughout this week as they play their first game this upcoming Tuesday. Again, thanks for making us your first listen. Now make uh, Cindy Robinson on the Pac-12 podcast your second listen today where you can get all of your Pac-12 di- uh, news in less than 30 minutes. Keep it locked in right here with the Locked on Sun Devils podcast.